The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On. A show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrow Band Broadcast Network. NBBN, the focus is on you. By PodSquadPDX.com, painless podcasting. And by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere through Patreon. Patreon, create on your own terms. Hey, man. We finally got the whole band back together, just in time for a streaming service market crash, pet sadness, and more bird stupidity. Anywho, I'm your disembodied hepcat, Mr. Brumage. Let me introduce your best buds. <laughs> That's a late 420 reference. You know, for the kids. Here's Andrew, Robert, Dr. Mark, and the guy with the Netflix password, Tall Drink of Fresca 1972, Chris. And hello and welcome back. This is Keep Your Hat on the show where hell even we don't know. I am Andrew Scott along with my good friends Ty Robert Anthony. I don't know. And Chris Vacano. Howdy. And Dr. Mark Peterson. What? How's everybody doing? We've not been together oh. now for a solid month, all four of us. Holy cats. <laughs> is it really so. been that long? Yeah, it has, because uh, Dr. Mark was gone uh, last, last week. Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all oh, up there in KYHO land heard me babble on and on about myself, because I was on a podcast called Who Makes a Podcast. With, Very cool. Uh, cool stuff, though. It was a yeah, nice was. conversation. And, um, you know, I hope that uh, people leaned into his podcast, because... It did, uh, you know, you got a little bit more background story on, you know, like where I came up with the name for the podcast and, you know, all this other happy horse shit. So, no, it was a good discussion. I had a really good time. And uh, he's got some very interesting people that he has been talking to. And he's got some more people coming up in the future that uh, I'm going to listen because, yeah, it's just good stuff. But what's going on with y'all? How's everybody doing? Oh, I'm Just doing great. Head, 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 and the crickets are back, head, too. The whole family's yeah. back. Oh, We're head, putting head the head band one. back together, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just, on all fours, baby. I, I, did, I did just rewatch the Blues Brothers, actually, the other night. And I'm just you mean the annual, the annual oh, viewing of the Blues James Brothers? Brown. Can you see the light? Oh, the so band. good. So good. We're back. We're you know what? Now that makes me – now I – I got, I got to go back and it's been a long time since I watched that movie. You want to watch I, I swear yeah. to God, I watch that once a year. It's mm-hmm. one of That's, those things where if it's on, and I probably haven't watched it in toto once a year, but anytime it's on, I will stop what I'm doing and I will <laughs> oh, normally watch total. to the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought you, you said in toto. Movies, and I was like, in toto? What? In toto? What, what is t- in toto? <laughs> That's the Latin that version of in toto. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been fun. I've been learning to watch movies with a significant other who is an expert at film editing, and the, the thing <laughs> that's got to take it in a different direction it's a whole for you. Universe, and it's like, it's like I'm, we're we're both laughing, but then she goes, she says out of the blue, she goes, you know, Landis is editing the way you'd expect a 1980s film to be edited. It's like, <laughs> the, the cuts I, between scenes are much longer than they have been in the last 20 years. I have something very similar happening, and I actually did it last night. And you bringing this up is funny. Uh, Heather and I were watching something in bed, and it was actually it was it was a show. It wasn't you know a YouTube thing. It was an actual show. And I backed up, and I I, I backed it up, and I played it again, and I was just like. I love this show, but that is one of the worst edit points <laughs> and the point of view they're used. So I'm just, I'm 
just doomed <laughs> now yeah, see, to only watch the you know, Ryan that and one. I do that. Ryan sure. and I do that all the time when we're watching movies together. Now uh, he'll, I'll point Chris, edits out. He'll point edits out. And Chris, yeah. I understand that she's no longer your wife and now my partner, but there's a difference between yeah. sitting around doing it with your film student kid and laying in bed with your significant <laughs> other, going, "Man, that was the worst point of view possible." Don't right. you agree? No, you no, must no. agree <laughs> with me. I start, I start so, talking. It's a little weird. And I start I talking to it to my wife about you know we're doing the same thing and I, I to some extent I do the same thing although I would um, love to hang out with your partner Mark and just oh, sit there really, and dissect the movie and just pick her brain and learn so much um, but yeah I'll say something like oh the color palette's different here and the slide or the wipe yeah. is different mm-hmm, and yeah. you can see her eyes just glaze the white over. balance and the saturation and, and the color yeah, temperature and yeah, yeah. Well, that this black is what happens when you're a middle aged content creator your entire vocabulary changes to keep up with the kids man and she, just, she does well, she gives me that blank <laughs> uh, 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 it, you, it, are I would you like talking to in English yeah, yeah. I would like to say that it's like a a deer in headlights, except the eyes are just like glassy, glazed over mm. so yeah, just much. Like, oh, you're talking about this again. It's almost cataracts. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's a weird way. To, it's a weird way to watch something. I think it would be like you know, it'd be like um, uh, watching. Uh, well, I, I always think back. Um, I remember being at, and Andy's probably heard this story, but I remember being at a star party outside of Toronto years and years ago. And I was finally looking at the globular cluster M80 through a really giant telescope. And I was yeah. with my friend, Brian Glendenning, who is like, uh, I think he finally retired, but he was like a director of software at the National Radio Observatory Laboratory, you know, uh, National oh. Radio Observatory. And, but anyway, you know, I'm standing with Brian and goes, and he goes, he goes, oh, what are you looking at? I said, M80 he goes, oh Yeah. And I said, "Oh my God, the wonder is beautiful. It's like a, it's like a giant cotton candy glob with battery cables attached. It's twinkling in the, <laughs> in the infinite distance." And Brian, Brian looks. He goes, "You know what's really interesting about this is that the uh, internal and external radio velocities are inversely shifted in the redshift." Wow, that made it but it's pretty, right? Yeah, that that really killed the romance <laughs> of the whole like, thing. Wow, thanks, thanks a million. But, but well, and then and, I had to ask him what that meant, and it turns out it means the yeah. stars on the inside are going the other direction from the stars yep. on the outside. I said, "Why didn't you just say that, Brian?" He goes, "Well, I I did." <laughs> <laughs> just, just not in your language. Just not in, in your, uh, well, in your and, pathetic and language. And apropos of nothing, um, I highly encourage you. This will be uh, my just one little random throw-in drop. That's not actually a my three songs. Highly encourage you guys if you haven't already to investigate M eighty three the band. Oh, the musical act oh. out of France. I think I've heard France. of them. Oh, they're so good. And I was now. late to their party. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, just fantastic, um, ethereal. Sometimes it goes really high pop. Sometimes it goes very ambient and very atmospheric. And sometimes this huge majestic sound comes out of them. Uh, absolutely friggin' brilliant. So big thumbs up for that. I have found, I have found some really this week or the last two weeks have been in general for me an accidental f- music week for you. I found mm. some really good stuff this week. Uh, um, uh, ghost, which I shared with. with oh Andy. yeah. Yeah. Um, no, fantastic. The return of pop metal. Um, and these guys are doing just, they're just doing this proper and it is just so right on. good. And this is so funny because I started dialing into Ghost this week too. Mm-hmm. Just it's in the air. Completely separate from you. But in addition to that, I have found this band called The Main Squeeze. And if you liked soul and R&B in the yeah. 70s, these guys are a return to that form. Oh, and it is very cool. Such a breath of fresh air. So the main squeeze <laughs> is just like, All right. oh my God, where have you been? I will throw mm. one out uh, towards you, particularly Ty, but Chris, I think you'll enjoy it. Mark, I think you'll find it's an interesting study. Mm-hmm. Uh, the band Wet Leg. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to them. Okay. Uh, fantastic. There are, they are two, um, uh, two young women, 
believe it's in northern England, maybe <clears throat> up in the 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 hither I regions. I thought it was like the Netherlands or something like that. No, I thought they were. I thought they were from the Netherlands as well. No, they're British. Hmm. Yeah, they're um, from the Isle of Wight. Oh, that's it. Thank you, Chris. Isle of uh, Wight. Yeah. And aside from the fact that they're just really post-punk pop fun, um, the other thing about them is I found it was very interesting to hear two women who are obviously very close friends and the cover of the their 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 first album is really nice because it's just the two of them uh, shot from the back and they have their arms around each other's waist just like they're hanging out walking off into the into the heather as it were um uh it is standard male pop trope sensibilities talking about women and getting laid and drinking, Mm -hmm. but through the lens of (laughs) a woman in 2020 something. Cool. And part of it, I was interested because of what feelings it engendered in me hearing that coming from a woman's voice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was used to it, you know, back in the day we had L seven and we had, you know, a a lot of riot girl stuff, which was very upfront and Frank, but to hear it in this super saccharine bubblegum yet slightly discordant pop. I am glad to hear you say that because I was just going to say it is very, very sweet, almost saccharine. So yeah, but by design (laughs) and, Oh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. in a in a very sly way, in a this, way that I don't yeah. feel that pop is acting anymore. There's no cleverness <laughs> to a lot of pop music no. these days. Right. This is like meta clever. This is back it up and listen to here. that again. Yeah, they have done a tiny desk, yeah, which was really good. Which yeah. was awesome because um, two thirds of the band are sitting on a couch, just looking like they are. They can't be bothered. But the music is absolutely tight. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. I was just thinking, it's like, yeah, I just going back to to, uh, what Ty was saying, too. um, I've got all sorts of, you know, I have relatives down in the Gulf and and they're all putting up videos of themselves at Jazz Fest right now. Mm. uh, Especially my my little brother and and his fabulous spouse are standing in the front row watching Lionel Richie. So they're selfing themselves like (laughs) 10 feet from Lionel Richie. I'm still, I still blanch. When I hear acts like that at Jazz Fest, it's a little wrong in a way, right? I'm the, I'm the yeah. snotty, snotty purist like that. Yeah, I mean, bring me Trombone Shorty at least. Yeah. Some, yeah. you know, right? Well, right. So, or, or you know, I, I uh, can even I can even get into um, uh, widespread panic showing up at a jazz sure. fest. But mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's got to be a there's got to be a viral argument going on in some New Orleans forum about this, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this oh, they, can, they can bring it here to this show because right. I will back them. Tell I you what, we're going to take we're going to take a quick break. We will come back on the other side and start talking about sadness, and then we'll oh, start talking about uh, middle of the road stuff, and we'll go out with a laugh. And then we'll so go don't crazy go- town. we're just gonna mean we're gonna come live with you is that it yeah this is the narrow band broadcast network i'm andy that's dr mark that's ty that's chris we'll be right back don't go anywhere bye and help it grow or well keep the lights on head on over to kyhopodcast.com slash shop and buy some cool swag shirts phone cases hoodies and yeah hats i mean duh all proceeds go right into andy's pocket uh, i mean help keep kyho in your ears that's kyhopodcast.com slash shop Go get some cool stuff, rep the show, and as always, keep your hat on. Which is a lot easier when, you know, you have a hat, right? And we are back on Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew Scott, along with Ty Robert Anthony and Christopher Vacano. And Dr. Mark and I didn't know this until 15 minutes ago, but we both uh, we had to say goodbye to some significant 
and I'm going to uh, call them people. <laughs> oh, sure. Cat, cats and dogs are people, too. Um, yeah, uh, my family, we had to say goodbye to our sweetheart, Mochi the Pug, the rescue mm-hmm. pug. Oh, and uh, Mark, we had to say goodbye to Fred. I will say yeah. this. Yeah. If you listen back to our catalog, Fred will live forever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Fred knew when the mic was hot and was like, I got some shit to say, Dad. Step aside. Fred was the shit. <laughs> I want to I mean, talk to the yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, Fred actually guaranteed that my uh, online teaching evaluations were through the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out, you know, it's like, what do you do with, you know, you have 30 yeah. people in a Zoom meeting, you know, and they're do all I trying get to, to yeah, <laughs> do I get to and, see your cat? And it's quiet, and then the cat shows up, like, you just like she would on here, and it's like, wow! It's like everybody's yeah. going, oh, show us Fred. Show, is that Fred? Is that Fred? Show us Fred. So and Freddie, so I should just say Freddie was twenty. Yeah, and um, she declined Lived a rapidly. seriously long cat life of, oh, they, of, she, of ultra high quality and yeah, love. She, she outlived her sister by one year. Her sister was uh, went last year Georgia, and they were named after the Weasleys actually because when we got them, you couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> Fred and George. So, <laughs> so Fred that's a, and George. That's a that's a, that's a uh, generational reference. Some people will have I, to look no, up. I guess it is now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, buddy. But, yeah, so, um, so Freddie passed on, and it was one of those things, too, Andy. You know, it's like um, I've been really lucky when we've had to uh, send them on, right, especially when we've had to send them on yeah, um, because they've made it easy, an easy call. Mm-hmm. And um, Freddie declined really fast, like within two or three days, and she went from, like, pretty much mm-hmm. creaky and angry old lady to, like, uh, on the bathroom floor refusing to get up. And so I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. cats are cats are more like that than dogs are. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I generally speaking, I'm a cat daddy. I'm a cat guy um, and have had so many wonderful cats in my life. Um, ours was uh, Mochi the Pug. Uh, you know, Heather, Chris, how long did, ago did Mochi get adopted? Was that like seven, eight years no, it wasn't that long. It was no. Was she was here? Probably. Did, yeah, it was here in Portland. So okay. it was three or four years ago. I think okay. it was three years All ago. Right. And um, I'm gonna do something, mostly for my beautiful partner, because she always loved this. But I gave Mochi like I normally do. I gave Mochi a voice. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mochi, Mochi, Mochi kind of sounds a little bit like Javi Feierstein, but she's a nice little old Jewish lady, and she really just <laughs> wants a little bit of pastrami. Why don't you get pastrami if you're not going to make brisket? You can. Um, and <laughs> I would just do this voice spontaneously at, generally speaking, the most inappropriate times. And mm-hmm. that was that was one of our tools for getting through the pandemic. The first, uh, first uh, portion of the pandemic was just you know mochi to be in bed and the the thing is mochi really got into our routine when we go to bed at night mm-hmm. and i swear to god that dog knew the theme song to qi and by the way the dog was blind the dog went blind about a year and a half entirely blind um knew the theme song to qi um, knew Adam Savage's voice for when I was watching uh, Adam build something. It's like, oh, is it the man? We get to watch the man. I like the, the man. man. Tell me what the I man's like doing because I can't see shit anymore. You know, that's um, the voice. That's the voice <laughs> of the pug from Men in Black. Oh, oh God, is. maybe that was the subliminal scene. Interesting. It just came and to I, me. You did it so well that that's how I recognized oh, it. It's what I, I do. Was, I was uh, just going to ask true. him. I was just going to ask him to say, hey, uh, have fun storming the castle. Yeah, have fun storming the castle. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's right. But yeah, Mochi, Mochi took a turn. Mochi had been slowing down progressively over the course of time. And then uh, this time, this day last week, um, Hmm. We she had started experiencing seizures, spontaneous uh, tonic clonic seizures, um, no. and were often uh, uh, when she was eating, which is, can be a sign of uh, subdural uh, brain swelling because a dog is eating its its esophagus is contracting the blood pressure changes, no. um, and she would literally munch 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 and then suddenly straighten up and just bonk fall over literally just keel over and then a couple minutes later we just wake her up and she'd be fine and just like nothing happened 
last week it changed uh. to where one happened and then she looked a little bit more confused and then when heather took her outside to go to the bathroom she did the same thing and i'm not going to go into all the details the short form is the dog told us what was up and um i had heather take her over to dove lewis which is our big nonprofit uh animal hospital here in town and and once again i have nothing but praises for dove lewis they did the mm. absolute fa- most fantastic job and mochi went on her merry way and uh is about uh you know it's about seven eight days into the bardo running around <laughs> yeah her, she's, she's, her sight is slightly coming back and she's like oh god why did i do this if they things were better when over, it was dark she's over across that bridge playing mahjong with bessie yeah she's the, <laughs> the, the, everybody talks about this rainbow bridge what's with the rainbow it's just what a shade of the rainbow about yeah, yeah it's funny well, um i i always it, so over the years you know i've had to say goodbye to quite a number of animals and it's funny because um i noticed this actually with my very first cat that that I was left with a kind of an almost an auditory hallucination as they died with a kind of interesting, like a, an impression that, that filtered into. I don't uh, think into, it's a like, I think it's into, a real thing into consciousness. So I'm, I'm content to be that. So um, my original cat, Halo, Andy, Halo. Did, you meet, did you meet Halo? I, I have had the benefit of meeting Halo and you, Fred and yeah. of course the boom. The so boom. yeah. Yeah. So Halo was like, Halo was a Maine coon and he was a real rapscallion. And so, you know, it was my first pet I'd had to actually had to put down and he had terrible, he came down with a terrible cancer. And so anyway, we put it, we were putting him down and I'm thinking, Oh, poor cat. I'm petting him while he, while the, uh, while the medication is taking effect. And as he breathes his last, I was left, I got this huge, uh, literal rush. It was really indescribable um feeling but you're but course, you're describing it now so i am now it was an un- <laughs> it was an amazing feeling and even at the time you kind of go well that is really interesting yeah. and then this auditory hallucination and here's what it was it was halo going here was halo it was halo's voice and he said okay next that was right. it, <laughs> it was awesome that, that was his next one and fred's i will tell you on the way out so now you know I'm, i sort of pay attention to this hallucinatory mm. process now and um Fred's was a little different. Fred uh, Fred had a beautiful, easy passing. Uh, my vets up at the Kowaskin Veterinary Clinic were awesome people and who looked after these animals for 20 years. Think about that, right? Right. Um, so as she's going, I'm starting to pay attention. And, and Fred's was a very Freddy, Freddy one. So if I'm projecting, it was accurate. Fred's, Fred's is, Fred went this way. It was like, <sighs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's so your cat. Yeah, it was kind of was too much Kierkegaard, Fred. Right uh, there, you go. That's yeah. right. Yeah, spinning off into infinity. Mine so was. It is, a um, kind of, it is a kind of weird sadness, but I, I will introduce one sad note because I always get real uppity about this whenever I have this happen, and and I, I get real weepy, not because my own animals are are passing. Although I did spend, I think this is true for all of us, right? If you have pets, you spent more time with them in the last two years than you did oh, with humans hell yeah oh right? that's yeah. true yeah. humans you know? were these virtual avatars the pets yeah, were else. the things that actually kept were, us there with you that's right yeah well so but what, what i always get weepy about it's it's interesting is um because fred you know the fred was an easy call for me and and it was like it was easy she was kind of ready to go it was really clear okay but then the vet always asks you the same question they said well do you want to be in the room when they go uh-huh. and um, we might i don't know if we talked about this before but but the idea to me that there are people who will not be in the room with just, their pets when anathema their time is doesn't up. cover it. It is just I want to get in a vehicle, drive to that person, and beat them. Yeah, it, it's beyond my comprehension, and I just weep at the thought of of what it's like. And I don't, I can't even imagine you could be that way. My adopted grandmother used to say that that uh, you can't trust people who treat dogs like dogs, right? And uh, for people to treat their animals that way just seems unconscionable. Now, I, I have no good reasons for that, except that they're part of our families. And so no, on, I and think that, that's and that it's a, a shirking fucking of your, good reason. It's a shirking of your responsibilities, right, to, yeah. to the animal and to your relationship. It, it, it seems counterintuitive, right? Because you have this animal that bad. you have there a you relationship go. with, right? Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, as I reflect on the relationship with my animals and, and in yeah. some of their passings, you know, that, it, that relationship is more intimate in a lot of ways than any other relationship ways, yeah. I have with any other human <clears throat> beings. Now, it's a different kind of intimate that I have with my wife. But outside of that, 
those animals are there for you. You, I, I have a cat. Mm-hmm. I, we mm-hmm. actually have a shorthand. I know when she's, you know, the, the sound of her voice and what that means for her. Yeah, the and- language you develop between you oh my, and a yes, pet right. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and so I for you agree. to not want to be in that room, uh, it, me, I'm like, I be in the room? No, you're going to put the it. animal, you're going to put the animal in my arms and I am going to be there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, for that animal. This is this was one of the, the a, a funny kind of Fred moment at the end was was um, the vets now have a very uh, compassionate set of protocols that they go through with people right who are doing this, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I'm sort of sufficiently Norwegian and stoic that I don't actually need these rituals, and I always sort of analyze them while they're happening. <laughs> but the one characteristic of Fred that distinguishes her from any other cat I've ever met is that. Uh, Fred hated to be picked up. She mm-hmm. hated it. And mm-hmm. her sister Georgia was like a complete lap, you know, a lap right. slut. She just loved, you know, she was a cat, right? Like that. Yeah. But so the, the nice, the, the, the tech says, um, so would you like to uh, hold Fred uh, as we go through the process? And I'm just thinking, <laughs> man, that would not be cool. And so what happened next is my vet comes back carrying Fred. Because they 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 uh, put in a catheter first, right, to make right. this a really right. easy process. So he's he's carrying Fred, and Fred has got her claws dug <laughs> into his arms, and he's he's bleeding. <laughs> and he comes in, and this is Greg is a great he's a great Dr. Greg is a great guy. But he comes in, and, and he he puts her down on the lab table, and she immediately just lays down, and she go he he looks at me, he goes. Fred was the one who didn't like being picked up. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And the last yeah. thing you want to do as your in interactive <laughs> memory with Fred is being, being so forward as to accost them in their last dad, well, it, just pet me. She went yeah. out on the right yeah. note. It was like, uh, <clears throat> let me explain myself to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he remembered. Yeah, I think, he remembered. I think we have a misunderstanding. My, my <laughs> former therapist, uh, who is an absolutely wonderful woman, I was talking because at, uh, at one point in therapy, I lost a lost a friend of mine, a lost a pet, and we were talking in in similar ways uh, about that in one of my sessions sessions, and my therapist says to me your pet knows more about you than anybody else on earth. And not only that, your, you tell more truth to your pet than any human being alive. That's, Mm -hmm. that's nothing but truth. I know. And I, and that you combine that with not wanting to be there at that moment. I have, uh, you know, uh, before I moved back down to Portland, I was living up in Vancouver and I lost two very dear animals to me, uh, within a year. And I, uh, number one, I am a huge advocate if possible. And you know, that this time is coming, um, home euthanasia makes things a lot easier it's so uh, much I, better. I, I believe on both sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, there are times like <clears throat> sure. with Mochi, we couldn't do that. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, because we had right, more. Because we it had happened many, so quickly. And we had too many questions. We didn't know if this was something that could be fixed or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we had that. So, right. Yeah, so, right. But, um, you know, I had both of these dear, sweet animals just go to sleep in literally in my arms on my lap, just the way I would always hold them. Yeah. And Absolutely it almost, when you combine those two dynamics, the. The, you know, this animal knows more about me uh, combined with um, not wanting to be there at the last moment. It's almost like certain people are afraid that the secrets will leak out and they don't want to be around. (laughs) I I just, but uh, well, condolences to you, Mark. And, um, you know, we will, we will be encouraging both Mochi and Fred through the Bardo for the next 40 some days until they pop out and they'll probably if Next with assignment. any luck with any luck <laughs> yeah, there'll be assignment. another pug and another cat tell you what folks we're going to take a brief break and scrape our emotional selves back together and be back with you don't go away we will be right back oh yes peace to the pug and to the friend yeah hey everybody Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com slash nbbn, 
please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell, your potted fern, about the show. And do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free, and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time. And we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. And this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand, whether we have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, and here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn death dedication. This is a god last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo, and I got to talk about a fucking dog dying. And welcome back for the third of I don't know how many segments this show is going to be. I never do until I edit it. This is Andrew Scott along with Ty, Robert, Anthony, Doctor Mark Peterson, and Chris Vacano. And Chris. Your piece today is something that we, we just finished talking about how we really leaned on and relied on our pets to get us through the biggest wave of the COVID, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. But one other thing that we've all been, and I mean, this is one of the reasons why, dear listeners, we're coming to you in your ears right now is because everybody has really, really relied on streaming content services to get us through lockdown yeah, and you absolutely. know there are so many different kinds youtube spotify all the rest but of course mm-hmm. especially for those of us in our generation who were there from the beginning of this phenomenon um you know the og is kind of netflix oh uh, you no know, question about I mean, it netflix yeah. was was the how many of us yeah, how many of us how many of us used to get the flat envelopes right? oh yeah oh i still yeah. do <laughs> absolutely no i'm i'm, I'm are I'm you not legit really legitimately you have, i still get dvds I, I from them the, i didn't I even they know they sent that yeah they have like two uh i think they have two warehouses and um they don't do it for new subscribers i did not expect ty to blow I, I, my I, mind I, in I, this. I, I thought, I thought uh, you were about to say they have like two dvds and i just <laughs> rotate them back and forth. <laughs> no i yeah. guess they have like and they one have of like them two is warehouses. the graduate uh and so yeah. uh because believe it or not they they still have quite a selection that they have on a disc um that they can't that they don't they don't stream for whatever reason or well or i was today uh, years old up. when i found out that this was still a thing anyway yeah. so I, like right now years old so I'm one of the things that's a, one of the time. things one of the things that's going on uh one of the most recent pieces in the news was of course Netflix has come out and said that they are going to start start cracking down on password sharing Password, yeah. password. And I speak for a living. Password sharing, <laughs> but yes, um, you do. one of the, one of the and, things that this is tied to is something that you're talking about, Chris, and that is yeah. kind of the state of Netflix. And yeah, so, so, what so what have you Net- seen that's going on? Netflix is actually struggling right now, um, and part of their announcement of we're cracking down on password sharing is as a result of, uh, well, it's tied together with what transpired about a week and a half ago. 
And that was Netflix released their earnings report. And for the first time since Netflix has started as a company. Wait, I'll put they, the sound effect in here. They they had to put put out a report that said, we're losing subscribers. And as a result, as a direct result of that, their stock plummeted like 60% yeah, in the, one day. I mean, in, in Wall Street terms, the bottom fell out of Netflix. Yes, it collapsed. And, and it's been on an even bigger, more general de- uh, decline trajectory since last November. Uh, it's, it's value since last November, it's down like 68, 70%. Good grief. Um, yeah, the, and, um, C- uh, CNBC says that the company shed more than $50 billion, billion with a B in market cap as a result. Yeah. It's it's insane because I mean circling back, Netflix was the OG. They they were the ones who mm. totally changed the media landscape. First with the delivery of of DVDs, which mm-hmm. I, I you know that created a huge amount of buzz. Everybody was rushing to get into <clears throat> Netflix. It was a hot investment, and as uh, you said, it really was the the uh, silver bullet into the side of the head of Blockbuster. Yeah, it it, right. it ended Blockbuster uh, fundamentally, and and so it, it was sort of easy to fall into this thinking that you know Netflix was always going to be there, and and as we moved into, I mean, uh, taking it back to to you know the the first couple of years of the pandemic. Uh, the wow, first couple of years of the pandemic. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. That just hit no. me full in the face. Yeah. Too. No, that's Here okay. We I think we all kind of reared back and went, oh my God, this is. Good night, yeah, folks. Have a nice uh, night. <laughs> um, you know, uh, okay. So, so binging shows was a thing before the pandemic, but boy, did it get turbocharged. Well, you uh, had to go out of your way. You needed to be in a click. You needed to be in a resource group that had all the shows, mm-hmm. but you're right. I mean, the phenomena was not born with, um, with Netflix, but Netflix no, is really, boy, yeah, Netflix is off. the place and- that made it made it be more a cultural phenomena than merely you and your friends gathering together well, to watch one we, person's mystery science theater tape. Yeah. Well, and we all, we all had nothing but time. So we would get through a show in a weekend, yeah. you know, through a series uh-huh. and, and uh, you know, this was, this was all the streaming platforms working together. I mean, you know, it was, it was Netflix, it was uh, Amazon prime, Hulu, right. et cetera. And, and, you know, another another sort of layer of the whole transformation of the media landscape is when uh, platforms like Netflix and Prime and Hulu started creating original content and putting yeah. it out there. Now, the thing that I find fascinating about what's happening to Netflix right now, I mean, aside from the stock drop, which is you know, obvious and predictable. You come out, you say you're losing, you're losing subscribers. Uh, you're not sure how to solve the problem, and you're cracking down on your user base. Yeah. Then, you know, that's that's you're going to get blowback, and that's what they're experiencing right now. But what's interesting to me is this whole sort of social media dogpile of. People just pouring out of the woodworks to raise their hand and say, yeah, I hate Netflix. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't hate Netflix three weeks ago. Why Are they the same people who who suddenly now have to pay for it? Is that the problem? Is like, you know, <laughs> they, you know, right? Sponging off their next door it neighbors. Makes, it, makes, it makes the mind oh. go there. But I, I understand what you're saying, Chris, where, you know, before Russian Doll was your jam. And now Netflix, the company that brought it to you, it just sucks. And you've always hated them, even and you've though always you've hated them. And, 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 and it's a bunch of horse shit. And, and is this a fact, post-Trump thing? Is that the well, resentment? I think it's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of a typical social media behavior. Resentment no, signaling. I'm good. Trump thing, social media. Isn't yeah, that makes sense, thing? Chris. You know, yeah. it's it's the mob mentality of of you see somebody down, you run up and kick them. Um, well, and, or is and, it is it that, or is it the fact that now in 2022 people have more choice as far as streaming platforms go 
um, and are, are more willing to say, yeah, this model has always kind of sucked, but I've stayed with it because it was the horse in town. That now, what and, would be the model? Netflix, What's the model? Netflix has done a few things over the last year or two that have been really, really uh, incendiary towards towards their their like uh, subscribers yeah they at one point they what was it I, I was close to the beginning of the pandemic or or slightly before it they were going to hike <laughs> their rates up and they lost lots of folks yeah there was quite hiking. an abandonment that happened yeah. from that alone. which is weird because they hiked their rates by like a buck yeah, uh, it was like I a dollar a month. The, before that, it was it was it was a little bit more, and you were going to get a little bit less, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that was an exodus. And so they've done some things. Me, I you know I question whoever it is that is canceling some of these shows their first season out. Right. Well, and they've got it, some you know, real winners is, that they've choose they've chosen not. If to, you don't light continue. the world on fire and become a cultural <laughs> a, a, a cultural explosion right out the gate, you won't survive. And yeah, I no agree with you. I was shocked at a number of things that have been canceled that have just kind of been a one and done thing. This because is my, this is an interesting criticism eight. of. This is yep. an interesting criticism because example. this does happen a lot. Um, however, I actually did a little bit of informal research last night, and it's not just Netflix who's been doing that. No, it it's, hasn't. It's Prime. It's Hulu. All the platforms do it, but Netflix is getting blamed for it. Uh-huh. Uh, and and this whole concept of the limited series um, oh, oh, is, yeah. is oh. not unique to Netflix. I mean, mm. it does, it Disney plus does it. Um, well, is, it the li- wait, is it the limited series, Chris, or is it this thing about they only release one episode a week? Well, that's a that's whole driving different, me a little bit crazy. That's, that's a whole uh, different model. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's what we to old school television. <laughs> that's what we all grew <laughs> up with though. Is, and I, I mean, know, that's, I that's kind of something that for me has been missing is remember the anticipation of, mm-hmm. you know, having to wait the week and, and, and having God forbid, at the and end God of an forbid football interrupt, you know, um, and you know, that goes all the way back <laughs> right. to, to roots and, oh, yeah. you know, all the, the, the big time, uh, Warren remembrance oh, and, Grandpa, you know, you your radio uh-huh. shows and Shogun. Too, don't you? I do, do miss do, my do, radio do, shows. Thank do, you very much. Do you guys, much. Do you guys remember the, the TV the adaptation of Shogun? I was glued oh, yeah. to oh, yeah. that as a kid. No, those things were huge. And right. part yeah. of the entire experience was the forced waiting and the week-long conversation mm-hmm. between episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted to say the limited series are great. Because you know that they're going to wrap you know up. It's this end. is it. I do this kind is going of like. I do kind of I like the mind. model of yeah, being able to tell a larger story episodically. Yeah. Well, wait. So but, you're saying? So let me. I'm, I must. I'm missing something here. So you're oh. saying people don't like the limited series thing? Some people really gripe about it because they're like, "I want more." Why did you get me all hooked on this, and now uh, you're only doing nine uh, episodes? Oh my it god! It said limited series. Uh, when you you knew what you were right. getting into when, when you, you walked through the door, you walked under the sign yep. that says there's only yeah, six of these. <laughs> yeah, and, and yep. I, you know, I can see that frustration because sometimes the limited series, it's like the story is so good and so compelling, mm. and it's like, yeah, I'd really like to see where this goes next, but. Okay. But don't think of they, it as a limited series. Me. Think of it as like a six-hour movie. Right? Exactly. That's what it's like, right? I, I, yeah, right. that's what I. That's how I a look at it. A lot of them, it is because they're cinematically they are they're uh, being able to unfold this story <clears throat> that they would normally have to compress into like two hours. Um, well, and they're filming it as if it was going to be on a cinematic screen. Yeah. Yes. In a lot yeah. of cases, and and I'm going to pull out the B word here for a moment and say how often do you sit down and read a book and when you get to the end of it, you get mad at the author that there's not a sequel. <laughs> do you know right? the game of Thrones uh, uh, fans? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is that. Well, um, and you know, that, that brings us to another interesting place where we'll kind of diverge as we head out of this discussion. And that is what being that Netflix is such a scion, such a monolith by way of, this model of broadcasting. I wonder mm. what this belly falling out of it is going to do for 
things like Amazon and 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 what they're looking at. I mean, what comes to mind to me is Amazon's new version, uh, new series, which is definitely not a limited run, and that's their take on the Lord of the Rings universe. Oh, yeah. Um, when is that coming up? That's coming up next year, and yeah. it is. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. It's a prequels, they, right? Is it? It's it, like it Silmarillion is, it is, stuff, it, right? It's well, it, it's 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 second age, so it's not Silmarillion, oh, okay. but it is a lot of backstory <laughs> and a lot of a, the a young lot, Elrond, right? Exactly, a lot of a lot focused on the history of elves and 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 all that and the dwarves and that whole thing. They bought the rights to do more film work for something like $250 million, $250 million just for the rights. Mm -hmm. Now the report is number one, Netflix has committed to do this for at least five series. And we're not talking about a two or three episode. No, Amazon prime. 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 Okay. You said Netflix. Um, did, oh, thank you for catching that then. I yeah. won't even take that out of edit. Um, <laughs> uh, Amazon is committed to do this for five seasons, and the first season sounds like it's going to have at least 18 episodes. Good grief. Wow. And on to, yeah. oh, hang on to your pants, Frodo. <laughs> the average that they're looking, that they're projecting each is going to cost is over $400 million. Each? That's ambitious. For, no, for each season. Oh, each season. And so you're talking about each episode is going to have an a, a rough budget about twice that of a good independent film. Mm-hmm. You know, $15, yeah, I, $20 million. I see, I see Amazon going through there. They, a- Amazon has had their own studio. They have actually put movies into cinemas. Yeah. Uh, um, Netflix would struggle with that. I mean, I think, well, I think Amazon's got the leverage to pull it off. Amazon has the market share to pull it off. I, what yeah, Netflix I, is losing. I, what were you saying, Chris? Well, I think we're getting our thumb on exactly the problem that Netflix faces right now that, uh, that that at least what they're saying publicly suggests that they fail to see this, and that is their competitive landscape has changed radically in the last three years. Yeah, and uh, you know Amazon has really come ready for the fight. You know, um, Hulu Disney, is, is Disney's in there doing mixing a great it up. Job with Disney Star Wars is and kicking Marvel. ass. Yeah. Uh, and and now you've got some new players coming to the scene. You know, you've got. Uh, Paramount Plus, you've got Peacock. Yeah, I signed up with Paramount, man. Yeah. And, oh, did you really? And, uh, and, and, and HBO <laughs> is still in there swinging, and they've worked out oh, their yeah. model. And, and what Netflix really, I, I mean, to me, what this massive drop indicates and what, what their struggles recently indicate is their failure to, to read the terrain and adapt yeah, it is a bit of reading the room, more isn't than it? anything else. Well, it's and then, <laughs> that, and I think there's a little bit more stuff going on in the background too, because no, Netflix lost. Um, they lost the DC stuff. They lost. Mm-hmm. They lost oh, that yeah. to a- Marvel. HBO. Marvel is gone. Marvel is over on Disneyland, and so those those uh, um those licenses and agreements are running out. And Steven yeah. Seagal's not making movies anymore. Thank yes. God. <laughs> what happened oh, to him? Should we do a program about that? We should. Russia. We we will do an entire oh. show about Steven Seagal because that combines all our favorite things: martial arts, <laughs> bad acting, um, uh, conspiracy theories because yeah. he supposedly mobbed up. Yeah, I uh, agree. Russia he, and Vladimir Putin. Yeah, yeah. Putin. he's a yeah. Russian citizen now, and it's like, what in the hell? Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Sorry to bring no, that up. That's okay. That's a great uh, place to diverge here. Coming back to this subject, if you have not seen the newest Batman, uh, it's on HBO I, Max, uh, right? It's yeah. on HBO, it's and I can breathtaking. Oh, I, it is the best Batman movie that has okay. been made thus far. It is. I am the I'll, worst I'll nerd. Up. I'm the and worst it, nerd on earth because I have no interest. As we were talking about uh, editing and frames right. and stuff, okay. Mark, some of this stuff uh, uh, harkens back 
to you the detective are, novels and yeah, stays away. You are away. saying things to me that other people have said a number well, of times and, about and, it. And, and, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Andy, Andy, I'm sorry. You were under the mistake and then I was talking to you. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> you said you weren't interested, so I kept talking, which means not not talking not talking oh, to you because you're not interested, cat, Batman. right? Yeah. Well, and take, I'm just going to leave Batman. that one later. Yeah, yeah. You guys, <laughs> you guys are having a moment here. Uh, but uh, take Batman out of the equation. And I personally, I've got to say, it's one of the finest film noir treatments of a film, of, of a movie oh, I have right seen those... in a long, long time. I mean, it is, it is such a, such a modern execution of classic film noir. It's it's just delicious. And I've heard that just visually, it's absolutely stunning. It's it's stunning. Um, but Andy, are you just not a comic book person, or just not a DC person, or just no? Not- I am, and I'm glad that you brought it up and phrased it that way. Uh huh. I do see. I mean, there's plenty of art, cinematic art, storytelling art that's available in those. And I have a, a good <clears throat> amount of respect for the genre of superheroes. But for me, it's very tired. And I, you know, and again, as, I'm a, a, person, genre? as, a, as a whole genre, I mean, and it, okay. it's at times it feels like it's crossing over to trope for me. And of course, don't, oh, don't is, get me wrong. Seems right. By the way, don't get me wrong though. There are, even exploitations of the trope aspect of it that I find really well done. I'm a huge fan. Guardians of the Galaxy, sign me up. Can't wait for the next one, okay? Yep. Um, the direction they took Thor's story in mm. with, with, and putting a lot of humor in it, that those oh, reinventions, right right? those reimagings are things that I will show up for. But mm-hmm. if you're showing me the hero slash anti-hero and the struggle with power and responsibility. It's over for me. It's done. And yeah. I'm a person who loves long arcs and convoluted storytelling. I mean, I've been, and this is where people would be right to come in and criticize me for my, <clears throat> my opinion on superhero movies, because I'm a doctor who fan. I've been a doctor mm. who fan my entire life. I don't know life without doctor who in it. So, mm that I'm willing to stand up for that. Tom Baker. That's all I'm saying. Baker. Peter Davison. I go all the way back to Hartnell. You know, I mean, I, I was lucky in that I was able to watch uh, a lot of the replays um, because in Milwaukee, uh, uh, channel 10 made me want to them. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, um, they run them after, after, right after uh, Austin City Limits on Saturday night. Exactly. You know nice what? Combo. I'm glad to hear <laughs> that that tradition is still in place. Yeah, they're still doing that. Yeah. I would do it. I would watch Doctor Who as a kid. And honestly, yeah. when I was a young adult and I was coming back from the clubs and are coming back from working a show, I'd be able to throw Doctor Who on at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. You know, yeah. um, it's just there are so many other kinds of stories that I would like to see. And so many types of stories that are unrepresented. The fact that Mm -hmm. so much money is going into producing these stories that for me, aren't really saying something new. That's where I run into the wall. One of the things, and I would, I would encourage you to go at least take a look at, at, at this new Batman movie, because one of the things that was really, really interesting was it did not backstory unless uh, unless the backstory that they were going to share that with the viewer was going to propel the plot forward, then it was only a few minutes of maybe backstory. My and big thing I, is I don't watch. It didn't cater. I don't watch movies very much anymore. Yeah, yeah. You said that. You said I just that. don't because I you know, and part of this, and we're, we're wrapping this segment up here because we're up against time, but I have had a number of health experiences in the last 10 months that have made me really kind of reevaluate my life. And aside from the fact that even when I came into this relationship, I was more motivated to be doing things. I don't like just sitting there being entertained. I've reached this place in my 54 years where I go, man, the clock's running. 
And is, this, is a, this is a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> um, and so I would much rather, and I know this sounds really um, uh, egotistical or sounds really self-aggrandizing. I'm sorry about that. But the truth for me is I would much rather than, I would much rather create than consume. I'm at that place in my life right now where I've got shit to say. I've got things I want to accomplish and I ain't going to do it from the comfort of my armchair with a remote in my hand. Tell you what, folks, we're going to yeah. be right back and we're going to go out with Ty. You brought in something again. I can count on you for this. We're, you brought we're in something fun, fascinating kids. and something we're going to dive into it when we get back. Feel the rumble. <laughs> this is the Narrow Band <laughs> Broadcast Network. I'm Andy. That's Mark. That's Chris. That's Ty. We're the hats. We'll be right back. You're tuned to NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you. And we are back for the last segment of Keep Your Hat On. And uh, I'm hearing uh, this this just in. We've got an update on birds. We've got a very significant update for all of you uh, conspiracy theory-minded ornithological truth seekers. I like truth seekers. That sounds good. So, Ty, what have you... you, What have you discovered for us here, Ty? So I I found this by uh, reading a very funny um, uh, uh, opinion uh, piece in the, I think it was the Montreal Star. Maybe maybe it's the Mirror? No, it's the Toronto Star. Yeah. Um, By the way, the the guy's writing is just really, really good. Good. Uh, uh, But it turned me on to um, this... uh, uh, this British article in the mirror. Um, and when I first <laughs> looked at it and I first read all your favorite wacky news this, stories. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And when I first read this, I, I, I did, I had to do a double take and I, I, I had to go, is this the guy that is just like, is this Peter from birds aren't real? Cause here we go, guys, we're taking this, this birds aren't real thing to the next level. And we've the talked about this level. at the up next, to the stratosphere, man. The next level. <laughs> the next level. So what's going um, on? So uh, this guy, this guy, Nick Pope, uh, apparently he's worked for the government. He's been an advisor and an investigator of UFOs. I don't know what MOD <laughs> is. Do you, Andy? Ministry of Defense. Okay. So he's worked for the MOD. Uh, uh, and he is saying, and I'm going to just quote this because, and this will just kick off the conversation right here <laughs> as if, as it will be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If aliens want to hack into and control a living organism, if, or construct right? a drone, that's oh. a perfect mimic, oh. it would best, they would be best to choose something ordinary and ubiquitous. Like a seagull or a housefly. Uh, I don't know. It's seagulls are ubiquitous, but at the same pigeon. time, yeah. <laughs> Them ubiquitous seagulls is what he's talking about. this comes back to the Andy. birds aren't real because he's saying that aliens are now using uh, uh, seagulls so and maybe the, even yes. houseflies as surveillance. Uh, they're <laughs> drones. I knew it. Uh, see, my mind goes immediately back to listening to Art Bell in the late 90s and hearing the Yavos <laughs> talking about remote sensing. Yeah. Don't even bother with the mechanical. Just figure out a way yeah, to yeah. remote sense into a bird's brain and see what they see. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and then um, here, here's another quote from Mr. Pope. Uh, Any civilization capable of getting here from uh, another star system undoubtedly oh. has technology that would seem like magic to us. <laughs> Well, there it is, right there. Yeah. Well, well, here's I the deal. When I any... read that, when I read that full quote, the thing that came up for me was a big question, and that question was, "Ego much?" Right. <laughs> well, at the same time, where my mind went was, any alien race that is so technologically sophisticated and advanced as to be able to get to us, 
wouldn't fucking bother at this point. Look at this place. Well, yeah, we, we're just a tourist <laughs> attraction. We're just, we, hey, let's we go are, look at the hairless We apes. are a Stuckies <laughs> on the side of the road of the Galactic <laughs> Interspace Bypass. A That's the Vogons. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, what like, I want to see is the even an open signs leading up to us. <laughs> right. You can't even go in and get a pecan roll. It's just, it's closed up and there's one dude outside with a can hoping that you'll throw him change and, and really seagulls come on these things lose their shit over french fries uh, <laughs> well what, that's what, a what are you saying risk, robert isn't it <laughs> right it, what was that yeah. the, uh, mark was asking over. what yeah what you were saying what are you yeah, saying about losing your shit over fries if it's a good fry i might if it's a good fry i might throw I down and throw hands Mine. get your I don't think we got to pay rights and royalties on this, that. We this, might want to be careful. This, Sorry. This whole conversation is contextually really, really weird for me because I've been like <laughs> massively, massively binging on the expanse for the last several days. Oh, yeah. Massively binging and, on pigeons. And, and, and I'm like, and, that's very French I'm, of you. I'm like mashing this all up in my head of, of you know, t- terrorists. <laughs> From the belt, sending birds. Uh, uh, the last, birds. last season, I hear it. Yes, I thought you were going to yeah. say that the, maybe you know seagulls are you know some sort of proto molecule. Oh yeah, proto molecule <laughs> carriers. You got there it. You go. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Well, you know, I I, I got to tell you, I, you know, and I and uh, going back to this editorial article, uh, um, I uh, I kind of agree that. Really, if we're going to go to crazy town and we're going to say that aliens are going to use animals to surveil us, there are far better animals out there, like you know, cats, right? <laughs> like, like cats, or with that, and, and cats makes hugs. a certain kind of sense. <laughs> it well, does. think about yeah, think about it. I mean, uh, um, you know, they live inside our homes. They nap <laughs> fifteen hours a day, so they got plenty of time to upload and download data. Oh, right. that's a guy. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought true. of that. You're right. I as far as bandwidth yeah. demands go. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. not napping. They're, they're uploading is what they're, yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you what know, there's you always, that, there's always that time when the cat is in the environment with you and you're doing your thing and they're watching you in this weird way. That exactly. Cats do. Exactly. Now we yeah. know why. They're figuring, they're figuring oh. out not how to eat your eyeballs. <laughs> well, that happens after you die. You got a week, yeah. and by the end of the week, the cat's eating okay. your face. Okay, but what? Uh, alternately, what about the standard array of household pests? Ants, house flies. Um, oh, why not? Uh, cockroaches. <laughs> um, well, but they expand for I don't want to come to your house, rats. Chris. If those are your standard <laughs> issues, <laughs> I just I just have sugar ants myself. Uh, but uh, I'm just saying, uh, you know, these are all things that we that we just kind really, of ignore. They, if you think about that, at some point, that's got to be a little bit expensive for the aliens because, let's face it, we are didn't, worried. Didn't. <sighs> wow! You know you suck. You sucked me in with that. I did not feel that coming. Really, really dug way back to 1974 for that joke, and it wants a return. Yeah, and it's about as man. I was just going to say it's about as fresh now as it was then, and yet it did the job. And you know, I I find it interesting. Scene in joke. Think about that, right? Yeah, you got to be in with the hip kids in order to get that. Inkelbert Humperdinck. I just still to this day always love saying that name. My thing with this to wrap this portion up is if there's somebody, right? Yeah, if there's somebody worried about surveillance in your home with your cat, your dog, your aunt, your fly, your pigeon. How about Alexa? Uh, thank you. Oh. Yes, mm-hmm. I've in, I've invited them into my home, and it is still one of the weirdest things on earth. I will get up, I will go to the dinner table, we will be serving food, I will pull open my phone, and it knows the British game show series that I want to see between five thirty and six thirty every night, and it is there 
waiting for me. Well, and and, and let's get let's get real here for a moment. Oh, why start now? Oh, why? Sure. If, oh, wait. We come to if, reality? What the fuck? Yeah. If, if, uh, what happen to you? I was if just aliens, enjoying that loose tether. If, if, if aliens are surveilling us, I mean, if they are. Sure is. It's right. just on a streaming service, and they are binge-watching us oh, as they suffer through it. their own pandemic. We are their Tiger King. Yeah, uh, Actually, yeah. I think more than anything... <laughs> honestly we're not their tiger king we are their pandemic they they, they know they've got this place on lockdown the they finally the got us yeah there you go <laughs> alien alien invasion that was a show what am i saying it was actually a really good show anyways folks, show. we've Planet. run out of real things to talk about so keep your hats uh, on now I think we are wrapping it up on. yes yeah. by all means keep your hats on we will be back in a couple weeks again with more scintillating conversation until next time i'm andrew scott along with dr mark peterson and ty robert anthony hey hey and chris vacano hey Crickets. Adios. <laughs> there you go. Something. And until next time, keep your hat on because as we proved, we may end up miles from here. Take care, everybody. Take care of your fellow man, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. 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 Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon, this has been Keep Your Hat On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott, available at andrewscottmedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com. And don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 1, right here on the radio station you grew up with. Music Radio 138. Oh, fuck. What the hell's going on here? Oh, geez, well, isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? Geez, I thought we were almost finished. Good golly, Miss Molly. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American Top 40 has moved to a new time. I hope you'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2, 2. NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.